right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sports Talk with Jeff and Mike. Different show. This is our first ever um, Monday morning breakfast pop-up pod. That's what I'm going to call it. Jeff, you there? Jeff's eating bacon and eggs. Eggs eggs and bacon, but I'm here now. So it's 6, 7 a.m. in the morning if we're in Fort Lauderdale. Jeff and I doing this to give you our Monday morning wrap-up of the NFL because we want to give it to you guys fresh. We don't want to wait until Wednesday. You don't want to wait until Wednesday. Um, So Jeff's actually getting coffee right now. Um, The dog is wandering around. So no production here, guys. We're just going to go. We're going to wrap up um, Sunday's uh, games. And what are you looking for? No, there's no cream in this house. We don't do dairy here. No. No. What do you put in your coffee? I put sweet and low, and that's it. This is a non-dairy household. I follow follow the TB12 method. Now you're telling me. Sorry, sorry, princess. uh, Almond milk or something like that. Sorry, princess. All right, right. Well, um, I don't drink black coffee, but I'll, Jeff, I'll have to make my do, I guess. Not only do you not have cream, you have an 0-3 Giants team. Let's get into that. We're going to talk Giants, Patriots, wrap-up of the NFL of the week. So let's start. Uh, and, and, and we're not talking politics here, everybody. So if you want to hear about um, the Donald and you want to hear about the anthem protests, then you need to find another show because uh, that's not what we're going to do. So... Um, we're just focusing solely on sports because that's what we think the focus should be. So, Giants, Jeff, how do you feel like that their season's over? How does that feel? I'm not happy. They're zero three. So, Talk, let's tell me about, what do you think. Well, wait, wait. For those that know me, know that I'm very. Uh, I am not happy when my team doesn't do well. Nobody does. No fan does. But I get really pissed. And um, I watched the game yesterday, and I was miserable for three quarters. Watching this team, who frustrates me because they have basically done the same thing offensively as last year, which is nothing, and they haven't improved. And we spoke about this before their offensive line and their running game, and it was just it was a predictable, boring offense. I'm disgusted at the team. They came back in the in the fourth quarter. They finally opened up with a passing game like we expected them to do with Beckham and, and Sharp and Manning started firing a little more accurately and they had a little more time and they came back and the Eagles almost gave it away and then they went in on a miracle 61 yard field goal 61 yards I mean it's not unheard of no and and as he's lining up I'm thinking to myself this is going to be typical Giants they come back they take a lead they come back then they they force the game it's a tie it's a relevant game in the fourth quarter and what happens this guy comes out and kicks a 61 yard field goal look McAdoo is going to take a lot of heat in New York, even after his success from last year. He's going to take a lot of heat. A lot of heat. They have to blame somebody. I think it's, it's a higher-up blame that they didn't improve their team in the proper way in the offseason. But if this team is 0-3, my Seminoles are 0-2, the Jets won. The Jets have a better record than the Giants. Do you know what the Giants' percentage of making no. the chance of making the playoffs no, no. is? I, I don't want, want to hear it. Well, the audience but, does. Well, I, I mean, you told from, me last week when they were 0-2. Yeah, now, it was, now tw- it was 12%. 12% chance. Now, from playoffstatus.com, the chance of making it into the divisional, the wild card round, round one, uh, the Giants have a 5% chance you know, I, of the I'm divisional round. 2% chance of making it. I, I don't uh, 5% of the wild card round, 2% to get to the divisional round, less than 1% conference championship, less than 1% right. to make I, it I, to I'm the not here to talk about percentages. I don't really care about all that shit. I, 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 I watch my team play, and I see that they have 49 yards rushing as a team, okay? So you want to start with the problem, 
and a very one-dimensional offense. It starts right there, and Eli throws 47 times. Um, now, some, some teams can get away with that. You know, I know Brady throws 47 times often, and there's Kirk Cousins and all these guys, but um, it's a different story when you have this giant team with no running game to support it, and a defense that, quite frankly, <laughs> they gave up 193 yards rushing. This is a team that's supposed to be priding themselves on their defense. And when Wendell Smallwood runs through your, 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 your line for six yards of pop, uh, something's wrong. I mean, uh, and then LeGarrette Blunt, I have to see this guy bludgeon his way through the giant line, a guy that the Giants could have picked up in the offseason. Should have picked up. 18 touchdowns last year. He scored on them yesterday. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching this game and see if they could have had this guy. And he's now tearing into their, into their line like he could have been doing for the Giants against other teams. So, you know, again, people that know me when my team is doing shitty, I don't talk much about it. I just get upset about it. And it takes several days for me to, to heal that wound. So I don't have that time yet. So all I'm going to say is this. They showed a little bit of promise yesterday, but that was for one quarter. They were completely outplayed by a, a Philly team that, quite frankly, they're okay. I mean, wins played well. They ran the ball well. Giants should have won this game, and they lose it on an incredible field goal. I tip my hat to the Eagles and their kicker and their team, and this is an 0-3 team. What do you want me to say? There's not much to say about it. Um, I listened to the Albert Breer podcast on Friday. Albert Breer, um, probably the only – of the MMQB, he's, he's the number two guy there. Peter King is number one, but Breer is pretty popular. And Breer walked through an analysis of the Giants – um, and it's the same analysis that I walked through on our podcast. I did it on Wednesday. I beat you to it, Albert. You just might have a few more listeners than we do. Um, and Breer said the same thing I did, which is that this has been coming on since the Odell Beckham problems back in May and April, starting with the issue with OTAs and going through Beckham refusing to go to the voluntary workouts and then blasting his coach on Twitter on multiple occasions. And then the coach blasts not Odell Beckham when they're 0-2. I'm, I'm shortening this timeline. Then he blasts Eli Manning, who's the probably the only guy in that locker room that has any credibility, blows him up in a press conference when really he should be pointing the finger at himself. Um, and then I think you see the result of it. Uh, Beckham had, by the way, overshadowed by the loss, had an amazing yeah. one-handed catch. I mean, well, one of the best a, catches you'll ever see. Great, he played great like, catch. He played, he played, but, you know, but, but it's a first, problem. After that first touchdown when he, he decides to lift his leg and— Well, that's stupid. It's stupid, but it's stupid. But what happened is, I mean, no one seems to get into his face, right, and say, what the hell are you doing? But do you know why? McAdoo didn't do it. Because, and but certainly that's. Certainly, Eli, it's not his, his personality to do But that. that's because ownership. I don't know about ownership. McAdoo did not. Nobody did anything to Beckham when he skipped the voluntary workouts. And that's fine. They're voluntary. But let's be real here. Your top players need to be at those workouts. Your leaders and your star players are your leaders. I don't, th- I don't think any other team had anyone other than maybe Le'Veon Bell with the Steelers. I think most teams had 100% participation in voluntary workouts. And then, but forget that, when Odell Beckham ripped McAdoo on Twitter, and he did rip him directly, nobody did anything about it. And if you're in that locker room, you have to be saying, are you kidding me? Is that how it works here? So the star guy can rip the coach and the coach does nothing? And that's the problem right there. That's the problem. That's not why they're 0-3. 
That's that's a big part. I, of it. I don't think so. I, I, I understand that. that. Albert I mean, Breer and I, I mean, disagree you know, with you. You know what? Beckham's going to be a diva whether they're three and zero or zero and three. He's if he wants a distant coach, it's the same thing. They're zero and three because they can't run the ball. They have they have a very predictable, a one dimensional offense, and now suddenly they can't stop the running game. And this is why they're zero three. I mean, Beckham's going to be what he is, and look, McAdoo is is going to be what he is. He's a kind of a a nondescript coach who seems to be losing a lot of credibility, but I don't think... He it, lost it when he it, did not do anything, when he got not, ripped by Odell. Three. It's a big part of it. They're 0-3 because they're not a good fo- football team right now, and they're being beaten by teams that they should be beaten. But a big reason they're 0-3 and not a good football team is because those players are not... They do not respect that coach. I think that they quite clearly think you can do whatever you want on this team if you're a star player, including rip the coach. The coach doesn't have any credibility. The coach hurt himself even further when instead of tearing into Beckham back in April or May or whenever OTAs were, he tears into Eli Manning after a, a, you know, a, a problem on a fourth down near the goal line, and that's a mistake. And you do lose players. Coaches lose teams. No. Pete Carroll had to learn those lessons in New England when he lost those Patriots teams from 98 to 2000. Um, Belichick had to learn those lessons in Cleveland when he made a few mistakes, and and McAdoo is hopefully learning those lessons now. I do. I'm not saying it's the sole reason, but it's a it's a big part of it. And, and, and I called this back in April. I mean, winning will suddenly make everything better. That's how it works in this. Right, but at zero and three, you face a, a tremendous uphill battle to even uh, make the playoffs, went, and that's a problem. This and, is a team that was supposed to be a Super Bowl right, contender. You win the next three games, all of a sudden, oh. Uh, what's happening? Where the players are respecting the coach? All of a sudden, Beckham's behaving. I don't believe in that. They're only because they're not playing good football. Um, okay, speaking of records, we had some picks last week. We're going to go over those right now. Jeff, you ended up going one and two on your three games. You lost the Giants and the Chargers game. I won the, I won the Giants. You won the Giants game. I'm sorry. You lost the Chargers and the Denver game. Um, I went two and one. I won the New England game. Won the Seattle Tennessee game outright. By the way. And I lost the Detroit Atlanta game by one point. I had Detroit plus three. Um, I called the Houston New England game. I said New England would win, but nowhere, no chance they'd win by eleven. So let's get into the Patriots. There's a lot to chew on here with New England. Um, lead story of the game. Well, not the lead story, but the story everyone's going to talk about is Brady, uh, forty years old, threw five touchdowns, went. 25 of 35 for 378 yards, five touchdowns, and an almost perfect 146.2 quarterback rating, and did that against a merciless uh, defense. Defensive front, Watt, uh, Clowney, merciless were in the backfield all day. Um, Brady had a few fumbles, which you know could be problematic, but when you're against that defense, those things are going to happen. Uh, another fourth-quarter comeback. That's Brady's eighth. Eighth time in his career, he's had a fourth-quarter go-ahead touchdown. That's tops in the NFL. 40th fourth-quarter comeback in the history of the league. That's second only to Peyton Manning, who had 46. Um, an amazing end-of-game drive. Uh, so, look, Brady, possibly, probably NFL Player of the Week again. Probably leading candidate in the short term for NFL MVP. That's eight touchdowns in two weeks. Uh, I think he leads the league in yardage. He leads the league in touchdowns. There's not much else to say about Brady. I think everybody on that final drive said, watch Brady do what Brady does. And, and Brandon Cooks sort of had his coming out party with the Patriots. That's kind of the obvious stuff. The problem here, and I, I don't know how much of a problem it is, but my issue with this game was a couple things with the offense. Although Brady had a great day, offense had four three and outs. Three, two or three times could not convert third and ones. In fact, late in the game, 
two times, went three and out, could not convert a third and one. Now, that on the surface wouldn't seem like an issue, except when you roll back to that Kansas City game, two times couldn't convert fourth and one. That didn't happen when they had LeGarrette Blunt. Now, I don't know if that's a play-calling issue with McDaniels. I don't know if that's that they're just trying to get confidence in Gillisley. I don't know if that's what if that speaks to just the defensive fronts of both Kansas City and Houston that are really good. Uh, and, and I don't think the Patriots, by the way, are going to see a better defense than either of those teams this year. Maybe Denver, but that's a different story. Um, they have their own issues. So a little concerning that a Patriots offensive team with guys like Brandon Cooks, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and Chris Hogan, and Mike Gillisley can't convert for one yard. This is four times now in two games that you've had these critical drives. So uh, that's something to pay attention to going forward. Defensively, Belichick's now 8 or 9-0 and against rookie quarterbacks at home, but the Patriots could have easily lost this game. Yep. Very easily. Deshaun Watson made one of the best plays you're ever going to see in the fourth quarter. You know the one I'm talking about, right? I mean, yeah. it was Eli Manning, David yeah, Tyree-esque. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable. He impressed me. Man. He, he, he was really tremendously me. impressive. And it wasn't just the scampering Hail Mary plays. He carved that defense up, oh, yeah. spent a lot of time dropping back, staying in the pocket, and just hitting open receivers. I mean, the receivers were open all over the pace. Deshaun Watson carved up the New England Patriot defense in Gillette Stadium. Um, that is a problem. Now... I don't want to overreact. I mean, you have to acknowledge the Pats have some issues on defense currently. But with the Houston Texans, it bears noting you have Bill on the other side coaching. You have Bill O'Brien, Mike Brabel, Wes Welker, and Larry Izzo. Um, those guys, and Romeo Cornell, five guys that no one, they're going to know the Patriots better than any other team. Plus, these teams have seen each other a bunch. Uh, they play almost every year. Recently, they played in the playoffs, they played a preseason game, and they had the joint practices at Greenbrier in West Virginia. So Watson, I'm sure, benefited from that. However, and New England was down um, Eric Rowe, safety Eric Rowe, so who, by the way, played really well against New Orleans, and they were down Dante Hightower. Now, do I think Hightower and Rowe would solve all the defensive problems? No, um, they certainly don't. Because there's a, there is a lot. However, I think it would have made things a little bit better. At one point in the game, Stefan Gilmore had to come off the field uh, due to dehydration. I guess it was 90 degrees in the field at Gillette. So the defense has some personnel issues. I still think there's communication issues there. I think if you're a Patriots fan, you look at this win and you say, um, you know, it's a good win. Brady did what he was supposed to do. You, you're not going to go all the way, though, with Tom Brady bailing you out every single week. That's actually, they've never done that. It, it's never been just Brady. So um, a good win easily could have been a loss, though. Um, easily could have been a loss. And, then, so, and there are, I think the third and ones, the, 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 the ability to get the one yard is a problem for this team right now. Yeah. And that's concerning. So how, Brady was sacked, what, five times? Uh, I, think I think he was, was sacked five times. I mean, and Kansas City was he was sacked a bunch of times. I mean, to yeah. me, that's well, those are good defenses. I know, I, mean, I know. Kansas City is really good. We'll talk about them. I mean, uh, no, there's no question. Uh, Patriots. You know, I was flip, flipping back between all the games, uh, watching a lot of the Patriots. I have Chris Hogan on my team. Uh, it's fantasy, so he, he. I was interested in that, but Patriots were down the whole game. I'm thinking, wow, they're going to lose. So they, well, they went back and forth. They yeah, weren't down went back the whole and game. Forth. And so they have again the same incredible passing game that they seem to have every year. They didn't seem to really need to run the ball. Gillis Lee was not really a factor. Their running game wasn't a factor. Um, 
they have given up, it looks like, the most points in the NFL, which is That's right. Which is really problematic. Weird. Especially when they had the best point defense in the NFL last year, I think, right? That's correct. Um, so that and their offensive line struck me as a little bit. And I didn't, I wasn't as high on Houston coming into this game as you were. I didn't think that they were going to play with uh, New England. And but right. you, you said that the nothing, te- Texans play them real well. No, they, nothing about this game surprised me. Nothing. And, and, but I also thought Watson, here's a, here's a rookie quarterback coming in, you know, and the Lions, Dan, I go, and, and they impressed the hell out of me. So Houston impressed me with their pass rush. And their ability to put points on the board, and you know, it was a it was a great comeback by the Patriots, and like they always do, uh, I see some cracks in the armor, but they're still they're pa- they're passing, and they have so many weapons that they can just pass the ball to me fifty times a game, run it occasionally, and I think that they they can win these 36, 33 games all the time. I mean, I think a big issue for the defense isn't it's not personnel. I do think it's communication. You have a lot of new bodies there, and high towers out. That's a huge issue. And remember, they're still playing with two two defensive linemen or one defensive lineman, I should say, and one linebacker who are brand new to this team. This is only their second full week on the team, so that's problematic too. And remember, this is a team that last year, in the middle of the season, traded its best defensive player in Jamie Collins. I mean, that's and, – and still ended up winning the Super Bowl. So I, I agree with you. There's some cracks. I don't think the dam has broken. Um, they're 2-1. and one. Look, they easily could be 1-2. and two. I mean, there's no question yep. about that. Uh, but they played really well against Drew Brees and the Saints. That's not easy. Uh, and as you said, I, I, I had this game. Nothing about this game surprised me. I would not have been surprised or even – Frankly, I would not have been shocked if they'd lost this game. I think one of the reasons, like I said earlier, that Watson had the game he had was familiarity, familiarity between the coaching staff and New England. I mean, yeah, like I said, you got Welker, Izzo, Vrabel, Crinnell. Bill O'Brien was the quarterback coach, offensive coordinator for years in New England with Brady. So um, I'm certainly they knew they know the team really well. Um, getting Hightower back will be tremendously helpful. Getting Roe back will be tremendously helpful. And I think you can look for Belichick to make a move somewhere. They do have some tradable pieces. A lot of people have said Deion Lewis might get moved for a defensive player. That would seem to make a lot of sense since you have a backlog at running back. And by the way, remember Rex Burkhead also inactive for this game. And that could have been a problem in the running game. I also think the offense and Josh McDaniels, is they, they are still finding their way without Edelman. And that's not that shouldn't surprise anybody. And Philip Dorsett... Brand new to this team, also uh, didn't play a lot yesterday. I think I think he touched the ball once. So, yeah, but, but does he have to look at the, how many how many receivers ahead of him? They have so many weapons that maybe you don't need. I mean, Dorsett will come in occasionally well, on certain packages. But, and that, play. but that's my point, though, is once he learns this offense and learns the playbook a little bit better, I think you will see less of these third and one um, failures. I mean, look, Patriots had. I've got the I've got the media stats right here. Patriots went three and out four times. Two of those three and outs were third and ones that they couldn't convert. You can have all the weapons you want, but if you can't convert third and one, that's not going to work over the long haul. And it happened in Kansas. If it was just this game, I would blow it off because it's what happened in Kansas. I mean, in the, fourth right. and one twice. All right. So Kansas City and the Houston game, you arguably say that they were outplayed for six out of the eight quarters or more. No, I think New England, no. Kansas City, Kansas no. Kansas City, Houston, they, Houston, I think they were right. They were outplayed for three three quarters of this game. Oh, uh, no. I, the Patriots had the lead oh. at halftime, and yeah, they traded. But, they but were going back and forth. it was close enough, and I, I, I don't know. It's To me, they've been, they were outplayed more than they, they outplayed Houston. The defense think, was in, outplayed. In, in, in this game. And Kansas City, yeah, right. They played a very, a very good first half, and then the second half things started to change. So that's a little bit different than the Patriot teams who have – 
usually dominate games start to finish a lot of the time in the it, regular season yeah in the regular season they they would st- so i see some cracks in their o line i see some cracks in their defense but as long as that passing game which which everyone knows is coming and they can't seem to stop that at all you know i was amazed that 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 brady t- i mean i wasn't amazed I, I i thought he'd come back and at least either win it or come very, very close. And it didn't surprise me. He fires the last touchdown pass. And it's a perfect pass, yeah, right perfect where it pass. has to be. Um, so anyway, I, 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 you know, they, it's, it's early in the season to annoy an MVP. It's an early sure. in the season to say that they are the worst defense in the league because they get the I, most agreed. points. So all that stuff will even out in the end. But um, it, it's look, they're still the elite team in the league, especially offensively. But defensively, I, I, maybe there's a little difference from last year. A little bit. A little bit right now. Um, and Brady, 40 years old. Doesn't I mean he should have been injured on an, one one play in that game he was literally thrown down on his left shoulder and I I sat there and said is you know this could be very very reminiscent of Jimmy Garoppolo getting injured against Miami last year and he just pops right up like nothing happened forty years old so that's amazing all right let's get to the rest of the NFL and then get everybody out of here um, some good games yeah uh, Buffalo well Buffalo beat Denver yeah, yeah Buffalo beat Denver how and why I I I thought Denver had this game. So I was going to talk about, and, let, and let's start with Buffalo. I mean, which teams, which games uh, after yesterday give you a little a different perspective on, hey, there might be some... Well, I have two s- games. Some other teams out there that... So you think Buffalo is, a, is for real? No. I don't either. Not at all. I, think, I don't think Buffalo is for real. I don't either. But they're 2-1 and one right now. I, didn't, I did not see that coming. <laughs> they beat the Broncos. I didn't see that coming. Now, granted, they played in Buffalo, and yeah, Denver's yeah, coming. Yeah, they needed a win. They were 0-2 going. Denver's uh, no, coming. Actually, they, they were 1-1. One one. One. Denver's coming west to east. Um, and that's always difficult. But look, I'm not a Tyrod Taylor fan at all. I'm not a fan of that organization at all. But you know what? Taylor had a good game. He did. Bills had a good game. He he had to because uh, LaShawn McCoy has, again, done really nothing, and they seem to shut him down. It's it's, it's not the same runner as last year. He's maybe a year older. Um, Gillisley probably would do well for them. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Maybe they're thinking twice about a backup now to – to uh, McCoy, yeah, yeah. Buffalo game was a surprise. Um, you know what I was going to ask you, man? I was going to talk about there were some big offensive performances by some teams who are now two and one. Wondering if these teams, what you think about if these teams and whether they're for real. So, for example, the the Rams on Thursday night go out and put forty one points again against the Forty ers But the Forty ers had a defense that seemed to slow down the Seahawks. The Rams put up some big numbers. Jared Goff. Um, Todd Gurley exploding. Watkins, um, Watkins before he went into Watkins the concussion the protocol. Game. So a team like the Rams, who are now 2-1, and one, would look like, like a big-time offense. The Jaguars go overseas, as they always <laughs> do, and blow out a team like the Ravens, who we spoke about their defense last week. The Jags are 2-1 and one, you know, with a big-time offense. Is, is that a, a team that's, that's for real? So how about those let two me, teams? Let I, me, should we be worried yeah. about them? Well, let me, let me take those one at a time. As far as the Rams go, it goes back to what I've said before, right? It's I do believe coaching in the NFL matters. This dovetails with what I think about the Giants. Sean McVay, 31 years old, right? Youngest coach in the league. Mm. He's an offensive guy. He's got Wade Phillips running that, that defense. McVay is utilizing the talent correctly on that Rams team, and you're seeing it. You know, Last year, Jared Goff was a joke, right? No, nobody thought he was going to be any good, and now this year— He's he looks great. He's very poised in the pocket. He's making he's reading defenses. He's working through progressions. I mean, I thought it, it was an impressive performance Thursday night. I know it was against San Francisco, but look, you have to win those games. You have yeah. to be impressive in those yeah. games. McVeigh, 
I'm a huge fan of. I thought the Rams did a great job of stepping outside of the coaching comfort zone and going a different direction instead of hiring one of these retreads that everybody hires. Um, I'm not ready to say the Rams are for real. That roster still needs some turnover. It's still going to need some cleanup. But I think their GM um, is Sneed. I think it's Sam Sneed. I'm not entirely sure um, of his first name. But they will get that cleaned up. They have the right guy coaching the team, though. And Goff, uh, I'm not ready to say he's real. But he's a lot better than he was last year. And yeah. that's the coach. Yeah, I, I think I, I think it's more than just Goff. I mean, Goff was 22 for 28. But I think here's the difference between this team from this year and last year. You said it. Robert Woods, Sammy Watkins, two receivers, right, both from Buffalo. Now add a little bit of a dimension. He's got some good targets to throw to. And look, Todd Gurley, who was kind of invisible last year, now he carries the ball 28 times. Suddenly the guy is a force. They're using him also out of the backfield to catch but passes. But why? He, why what? Why is he suddenly a force? It's not sudden. It's because McVay is a smart offensive coach. I, I disagree. I, I disagree. I think Gurley is a tremendous athlete. I don't think, and last year they had a, they didn't have maybe the passing game. And, why? And, and, but, but, because but they, they didn't question. have the passing game. Because, no, they, Jeff because Fisher Go- didn't know how to, didn't know no, what he was doing. Goff, Goff was a rookie quarterback. He's, no. he, he's a year later. He's got two much, much better receivers. And suddenly, they have a more balanced attack where they just can't stack the line and say Todd Gurley run, run by us. And they're using Gurley more as a receiver. So I but know who's, I, whose idea is it to use uh, Gurley oh, as a receiver? Okay, but it's the players on the field. They have more talent this year. But the and, coaches and, and place them in the position no, to do they, the best. I, and McVay's doing too that. much on the coach. I no. think Goff is, a, is a, a one year better. He's got much better receivers. And now they have a, a I think a, a more of a focus on getting Todd Gurley into the passing game as well as the running game, and suddenly they're a multi-dimensional team. And the person that does that is the guy running the offense, no, is the, Sean McVay. The person that does it are the players in the field. No, the decision to make Gurley more more part of the passing game more that play calling okay, is done by the by exactly. McVay, and the offensive system that they're running is completely different than but what they had, ran last they year. They have a more talented team than last of year. Of course, but who picked those players? McVay. Okay, but it's still y'all. I, I I do not put the same emphasis on the coaching as you do. I do. I think it's. Okay. A, I mean, Goff looks like a completely different quarterback. That's not by accident. McVay McVay is is the guy that made Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins who he is today. Kirk Cousins has said that by the way repeatedly in public comments that McVay saved his career. Um, McVay is a smart guy. He knows how to put players into the situations where they can perform best. Jeff Fisher didn't do that. Um, Jeff Fisher was terrible, terrible coach with that team. Um, Goff looks different, and the reason he looks different is because he's getting the right coaching and he's placed in the right situation. Jaguars. Jaguars are uh, whatever. Uh, look, I, I, I forty four to seven. Yeah, I know. You know, I, uh, is it the Ravens that fell apart? Is it are the Jaguars for real? Forty four points. Blake Bortles, who in the in the preseason people would wonder if this guy was even going to start, put four touchdowns on the board against what, what we thought was a good defense. But uh, the ineptitude of the Ravens' offense is. Oh. More, is more striking than the points that they gave One up. One of the worst quarterback performances and, in the last 30 years. So combined between Joe Flacco and Ryan Mallett, they go 14 for 27 for 52 yards. Okay? <laughs> and 52 yards against the Jacksonville defense, which is no great shakes, but... It, this was one of these games overseas, which magical things seem to happen, and I, I, I don't know. I and the Jag, Jaguars will come back to this country and probably return to the real, you know, t- return to the real Jaguars again. Let's see how they do the rest of the year. It was a surprise. It was a surprise. I thought it would be a closer game. I'm not ready to anoint the Jaguars um, a elite, one of the elite 
teams. And there was a game yesterday to me that was the breakthrough game that you and I spoke about a team that we both liked in the, in the preseason who took apart a what we thought I thought was a pretty good Seahawks team. And to me, has solidified, oh, yeah. has solidified the Titans have no as question. one of the best teams in the NFL. And I would like to say, again, I believe I had that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I believe I've had that since May. Um, boy, they looked good, too. I, I mean, this, this team was built right, like I've been saying from the beginning. Again, I'm going back to management and coaching. It's not just the decision to draft Mariota. It's the decision to put all the right people around him. Um, Mariota's now, you know, it was his third year. Um, looks a lot better, has a lot more choices on offense. And then DeMarco Murray, who wasn't even supposed to play. He, he was hurt, right? Was hurt, he has that run, 75. unbelievable run. And, and Great blocking, but not just the run, great. but the blocking on the run. I mean, those are players, that they're, that's fundamentally sound situational and they, football. And they ran the ball extremely well. And now yeah, he, they did. Mariota throws 32 times, but they run the ball 35 times. A beautiful balance. Of and with Demarco Henry, Demarcus, uh, I'm sorry, Derek Henry and Demarco Murray, yeah. tremendous running game, and it really wasn't that close. I mean, Wilson brought him back in the second half, um, and he ended up with four touchdowns. But Mariota doesn't have to do a tremendous amount. He's he's a he's a, he's a nimble quarterback. I mean, I watched the guy; he can move out of the pocket, and if he just sure can, but he doesn't. And use not just it as running; a, he doesn't have to run. He, he just does, gets out of trouble. But he doesn't move because he can't work through progression one, two, and three. Right. He moves only in that last minute situation. I mean, he stays in the pocket and makes the reads and makes the throws, which makes him even more dangerous. They're a good football team, man, and they beat a very good. I, I mean, look, Seattle doesn't look like the same team that they were, but they're, sti- they're still a good team. Well. I would like to say on Seattle, I believe I had that too, where I said, this is not the same team. They've got problems. There's infighting between their offense and their defense. Um, Richard Sherman was out of control yesterday. That's coaching. I think at one point, not think, I know, he got three penalties on one play on himself. And then he also had the roughing the passer penalty, which was kind of questionable, but then he freaked out about that too. So there are some, there's some real issues in Seattle, I think they're one and two right they're now. They're one right? and two. Yeah. they have no running game, man. They they don't no, know who they none. want. There's a Rawls, there's a Carson. Uh, it was very ineffective against uh, maybe a good Tennessee front. I I didn't think that deep, Tennessee's defense there is that good to stop any run. Seattle just doesn't have any confidence in the run. Here, here's another game which was a a typical Green Bay game. Um, let me tell you, I don't know if you saw the winning pass. I so, did. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. You know, Jordy Nelson's kind of dormant. Um, you guys also on my fantasy team, so I like watching him. But but uh, the Bengals were, were tooling the Packers for most of that game, and Rodgers didn't look good. He was getting sacked over and over again. And this was could have been an upset, I thought, by a, a, a lousy Cincinnati let, team in Green let me, Bay. Let me ask you a question. What is the difference between the Bengals' offense in Lambeau Field in one game versus the offense that had a couple games in since a game in Cincinnati. I don't remember where they played their first game that didn't score a touchdown. What, what's the difference? I don't know what the difference is. Maybe well, I'm going to tell you what the difference the is. Green Bay defense. No, it's not the Green Bay defense. They fired the offensive coordinator, Cincinnati did, and got a new offensive coordinator. And, and look, Mar- they scored touchdowns. Oh, they almost how? won the why? game. Why was it I'm the, certain that the well, new— Why was it the coach's uh, uh, influence and not the players in the field? What it's both because the, the offensive coordinator and the coach have to put the players in the right situation using whatever those particular players' 
best skills are, whatever it may be. And that offensive coordinator for Cincinnati before, I think it was, was it Zampezi, I think, um, clearly was not doing that because they did not score any touchdowns in those first two games. Suddenly, they go to Lambeau, which is extremely difficult to play in, even when the Packers aren't good. And, oh, my God, Andy Dalton's a brand-new quarterback. The offense, because they put him in the right situation. But but I I, I don't know what changed. What made Andy Dalton go 21 for 27 and and AJ Play Green, AJ Green catch ten balls for 111 play yards calling, touchdown. play calling scheme. Why is it play calling scheme? Why, why is it not that they simply were out were, were beating a, a Green Bay defense that couldn't cover Green, that couldn't stop Andy Dalton for three quarters? I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's if it's an offensive coordinator. I need to know exactly what he did to make well, that I'm change. Not, obviously, so I don't, I don't know. have that information. I, so I'm, I'm saying I don't know if it is. Or, but it's not a coincidence. But the end is the end game is they lost. Yeah, they did. They lost at the end because well, that's the defensive coordinator's team. problem. Green Bay's a better team, and made and and Rogers made an incredible. This pet, he rolls out to his right. Yeah, right. Nelson cuts towards the sideline in the end zone, and and Rogers puts this pass where I mean there was the no only room. place you could it put it. It was beautiful. Yeah, and typical. So Rogers got sacked six times. His numbers were not great. He threw a pick, but at the end, he's a he's a really good quarterback, and Green Bay is a better team than Cincinnati, and they win. Um, but it could have been an upset; that would have been a big upset. Uh, the Bears won, which so the 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 that division is starting to you know. I thought another been, odd it was, game. It, it was an odd game. I thought I thought Pittsburgh maybe would walk over Chicago. I thought so. And Pittsburgh looked sluggish and poor, and um, the Bears, who seemed to had a big game from Howard and Cohen, uh, like to run the ball, and despite their quarterback, I'm not a big Glennon fan. They seem to uh, find ways to win. Two, and, yeah, so. two other surprises. Um, one's a win, one's a loss, but even a surprising loss. Redskins Last night. all over the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, Derek Carr looked Ooh. terrible. Threw, I think threw a pick on his first – I watched that game. Threw a pick on his first, first throw. Um, and Kirk Redskins. Cousins looked like – um, looked like sharp. Tom Brady. Um, Redskins looked great looked against, sharp. yeah, against a Raider team that uh, I had, and I think you had talked about, it, and a lot of people said were could possibly be the elite team right. in the AFC. They got picked apart um, by Cousins, and look, Cousins is no slouch, but you know Derek Carr is supposed to be better than that. I mean, right. he had nothing last night, and then look, I know they lost, but the Lions, the Lions, they, I said are real. They could have easily beaten the Falcons. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan threw three interceptions. I think if this Lions team was just a tad more mature, if they played this same game, you know, week 10, week 11, I think it might have been different. Um, I was very impressed with the Lions. I know it's a loss and there's no moral victories, but but they looked actually really good. And Atlanta did not look good. Yeah, well, well Ryan was throwing picks uh, over. Three, that's three crazy. picks, first time in a couple of years. Yeah. But you know what? We're not talking about what I think is the game. In fact, we're not talking about the best team in the NFL, Mike. We're not talking no, about the No, we haven't best mentioned the best the team in the NFL. The best team in Hold the NFL. Hold on, wait, I'm just looking. Hold on. The oh, best I team have in another, the NFL is I have another game, but go ahead. Another thing, well, another shout out I want to give uh, at least. The best but, team in the NFL is uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. They are. And sure, they, they're 3-0. They are offensively and defensively. They put something on Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is a good quarterback. Not yesterday. He, not yesterday. Three picks, 20 for 40. So I'm watching this game, and you know the, the Chargers uh, have, a, have a good passing game. They couldn't do well. Let's before anything. We, but before we anoint the Kansas City offense, well, well, hold on. My, Alex Smith yesterday. Hold on. No, Alex Smith yesterday. They're three and zero, so they're right now the best team. And they they Alex went in Smith. Yeah, yeah go ahead. sixteen for twenty one, right. one hundred and fifty five yards for a quarterback rating of one twenty eight. Okay, I mean sixteen of twenty one for one fifty five. This is Alex Smith. Kareem That's Hunt. What he does right here's he, the offense. No, but it's yeah, Kareem but he Hunt. 
It's Kareem Hunt. Of course. 17 Smith, carries. Right. 172 yards. And he averaged. Because Smith doesn't have to throw I agree with times. you. Look at that. Two touchdowns. And hey, again, no picks. Yep. That's the game he plays. This is an athletic, explosive team. Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, and a hell of a defense that the Chargers well, missing Eric, do missing Eric Berry for the Even season. Even without that's, Berry, that 10 is, points for a Charger offense that well, is a good offense. That, that defense is going to suffer going forward. I don't think the Chargers are that good. I know you've, you've continually said that they're decent. I've, I've not bought into them. I've said repeatedly they're not good. Um, I think Philip Rivers is tremendously overrated. We saw that yesterday. Kareem Hunt is the guy. I mean, that is 17 for 172, averaging 10.1. With a, and now he had a long of 69. So if you, if you pull that out of the mix, even when you pull that out, he's still over 100 yards on 16 carries. That's still crazy. So, um, yeah, Kansas City looks right now to be uh, the best team in the NFL. Um, Smith is what Smith does. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Very rarely makes mistakes. So, yeah, I mean, they, they look good. Look, they're the team to beat. They went into New England and beat New England. Uh, I would not be surprised if we see these two teams play each other down the road. That'll be a very interesting interesting rematch. But now remember, I will tell you, Kansas City did this in 2014. They ripped New England, and they started off really hot, and that didn't last. So let's see. But they look they look really good. Kareem Hunt looks to be real. Yeah, we'll see. They're a good team. They're a really good team. I think they're the most complete team right now in the NFL. Let's see how the season plays out. It's very, very early. Colts-Browns. Um, I know not a, not a game that a lot of people were probably paying attention to, but uh, Jacoby Brissett had a nice day. Former third-string guy from New England. He went 17-24, 259, quarterback rating of 120, and a QBR of 94.3 through a touchdown. It was actually a fun game, 31-28. Yeah. And look, the Browns are 0-3. They could easily be 2-1, by the way. They're playing a lot better, uh, a lot better football. Um, they got to learn how to win. They, 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 they do. They seem to... You know, they have to start getting a winning attitude. They, they just lose too much, and it be, becomes too easy for them. Once they get that first win, they might turn things around. With they, had, they had nice production from Duke Johnson, six receptions, 81 yards. He averaged 13.5 yards a catch. Deshaun Kaiser did not have the best day, but um, you know, he threw three interceptions, in fact, for a quarterback rating of 50. Exactly. So that's so a tough day. But look, tough. for three interceptions— and that bad of a day, they lost by four points to a bad Indianapolis team. But Jacoby Brissett looked really good and had a good game. So, and, um, that's and good look, to see. props to two teams that got their first win: the Saints and the New York Jets, who made the Dolphins look really, really bad. Yeah, they did. Uh, Dolphin fans, well, oh, we're boy. in South Florida. We're not happy with Coming that back game. To Earth. Um, of note, Carolina Panthers look terrible. I've said this consistently on this show, and I'm going to keep repeating it. Cam Newton is overrated, does not have it between the ears. Um, now he's got to go into New England, and you know we'll see what happens against Belichick. I'll actually be at that game, by the way. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, tough day for the Panthers and Cam Newton. I think the Panthers are in some real trouble. Are we missing anything? That's it. The Vikings win without Bradford. Um, <laughs> yeah, but what a day! What a, what a day for uh, uh, Keenum! Yeah, yeah. Keenum Jeez. and Steph Diggs had a tremendous. Oh day my god! A, kind of a uh, surprisingly bad day for the for the Buccaneers, who uh, I think are a much better team than the Vikings. But, but Jameis um, three picks, three picks for yeah. Jameis, and absolutely no running game. They're waiting for Doug Martin to come back, who's got one more uh, week of suspension. And that's going to add, uh, I think, a lot more versatility to the to the Bucks offense. But Dalvin a, Cook, he, I'm telling you, man, he's the real deal. He scored another touchdown. He, they give him the ball 27 times, um, 
And he caught passes for 72 yards, so that's, you know, it's about 170 total yards from scrimmage. He, he's, he's a good player, man, and he's, uh, he gives them a lot of versatility and a lot of explosiveness, which they didn't have in their running game since, uh, uh, since you know, for a while. But um, I think Minnesota's uh, – I, I don't know what Bradford's going to come back if he is, but Keenum has three touchdowns and a big game. So eh, don't count the Vikings out in that division. No, not at all. I mean, Case Keenum, I still can't get over it. 25 of 33 for 369 and three touchdowns. Nobody – and if, if anyone out there says they saw that coming, they're lying. Right. Um, anything else? I think that's it for me. All right. So to wrap it up on, on our picks right now, um, I'm the leader in the clubhouse. By one Two game. and one. By one game. To Jeff's one and two. So uh, I, will, I will enjoy my week in the lead. Thanks, everybody, for listening this morning. Um, we're going to have our regular show Wednesday uh, where we're going to go through all the issues in sports. Uh, we'll get to some, probably get to some college football a little bit. We'll definitely preview the NFL next week, and then baseball. Yeah, playoffs. I was going to say baseball it's the last week playoffs. Of the season coming up. Yeah, and, and baseball playoffs are going to be amazing. Um, so thanks for listening this morning. Get out there, everyone. Enjoy your Monday. Have a great, great week because next weekend's lineup of games is going to be insane. Thanks for joining us this morning. Anything, Jeff? No, have a great week. We'll meet you on Wednesday. Night. All right, everybody. Take care.